You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll talk more about that as we go on. Let's see if we can get started right here. Okay, so this is the Rambam and Hilchos Deos. Shem Yemer Odom. You can see up here on the board. Since we know that these sins of searching after desire, bodily desire, and, and, and feeding your kaivas, as we say, and wanting to have honor, all of these things are basically things, prescriptions for, for evil, prescriptions that, that, that destroy you. So a person maybe, should be, as the Rambam says, like the Christian ideal, we talked about this a couple of months ago, and go to the ultimate extreme. So the Rambam was aware that there were people who never ate meat, never drank wine. They they were you know, extremely thin to the point that they had, I guess, you know, they, they, they appeared um, skeletal in the way they looked. Um, the Rambam, of course, adds the fact that he didn't get married and they lived in, in circumstances that were dark and hovel-like. They didn't wear nice clothes. And he says specifically, Kagon Komre Edom. When he means Edom here, of course, he means what he knew about the Christian monks. And again, he was familiar, I guess, with them, uh, the Coptic church, and he was familiar with the what was called the Orthodox church. Um, uh, Rabbi Kivulevich? Yes. I just want to comment that since he lived in Egypt, that's where along the Nile, all these huts where monks were, that's where monasticism started. And the Ariya Kadosh was also aware of it, was influenced somewhat. Oh, yeah, sure. In fact, he spent time in Mitzrayim. Dr. Kogan is correct. The Arizal, supposedly the origin story of the Arizal, starts in Mitzrayim. And, um, but clearly in the time of the Rambam, the Rambam, when he wrote the Mishnah Torah, was aware of those priests. He says, Gamzu derech rohi. It is wrong. It is evil. Just as to be a hedonist. In fact, the Rambam quotes Chazal to tell this, that a person who uh, you know, starves himself and lives in such a way Depriving food and other things from him is a chote. And we learned that from the Nazir. You're familiar with this, of course. The Rambam quotes the Chazal and Tainus based on the carbon the Nazir brings, mashar nefesh. Now, obviously, the, all the Nazir did was become Tomei, right? All he did was uh, a dead body was in the room, and the Nazir has to bring a chatas. Well, what did he do wrong? So, the Gemara says, and the Rambam quotes it, that what he did wrong was starting to be a Nazar in the first place. Because he, he deprives himself from wine for a month at least. So somebody, the Rambam says, who deprives himself, who lives a life of deprivation, is clearly what was called a sinner. He might not realize that he sins maliciously, but his life is a life that is incorrect. Therefore, the Rambam says that, yes, stay away from things that the Torah says to stay away from. Don't make nedarim and shvuos. Don't try to make new things osir. Don't try to use the power of nedir to make things osir. Now, again, we'll see the Rambam is very measured here because he's not, he is not a, a fan 
of indulgence. But he does not like extremism. The extremism that what he is against, of course, is using the power of a neder and a shvua to clamp down on things that are mutter to eat. And if you use them, and again, it is a very strong power, the power of nedarim, but um, the Rambam quoting Chazal, that they, God looks at you and says in the eyes of Chazal, don't you have enough things to be usher? that you have to use the power to make other things usher? No, you are allowed to do it. But we don't like the fact that you're doing it. And we think it's, it's an indicator that, that, that there's something missing with you. And of course there is. Someone who, and, and it's supposed to be a temporary fix for some problem that a person has. Um, the Raman goes on to say people who, are, who engage in fasts. Okay, so they might eat a little bit more, but they're always fast, they're fasting. That's not good either. Um, it's it's usher to 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 submit yourself to fasting. In fact, all of this is all part of what Shlomo says. Al tiit sadikarbe. Um, okay, so here the Rambam is definitely against extremism, and in terms of curtailing your diet to the extreme. Now, then the Rambam says, Rabbi Kibbelemet. Yes. Was was the Rambam familiar with the Chochmei Ashkenaz and their sort of ascetic practices? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know if he was. He he did not know much about life outside of his area. Uh, he'd heard about things. He'd gotten letters. I, I'm not sure. The, if you're talking about some of the Kabbalistic uh, activity, uh, his boninus and... And, and things like that. I think that he definitely was not aware of. Um, and, you know, because we know, Jack, that the, the Hasidic Ashkenaz, it wasn't just an idea to be monkish. It was also a means of attaining a, um, and maybe that's what the monks were about too. I would be wrong if I would say it was just a thing about punishing themselves. This was a way to achieve transcendence. This was a way to sort of like, um, force the body uh, into submission so one would be able to achieve um, ecstatic union with God, right? That is really what the Hasidic Ashkenaz were about, concentration on various letters, sometimes numerology, mantras, psukim. I think these things were um, things that the Rambam either he did not know a lot about it, but he definitely was somewhat dismissive. Now, I want to just say parenthetically, there is a whole school of thought that the Rambam was sort of a um, a secret mystic and that some of, you know, that he wrote publicly in one way, but if you really read the time between the lines, the Maranavucham and other places, you will see a different uh, aspect there. So we talked about this, of course, here in this class a number of times. What I'm reading to you is the very beginning of Mishnah Torah. So, Jack, my, my guts and what I know about the Ravim says tells me he does not know. But there is a, there is a, a, a theory that the Rambam is just writing this for most people. And the Rambam might know about that. In fact, the Rambam himself might have practiced certain types of ascetic um, mystical things that um, that pushed him towards that. There was an article by um, Rabbi Heschel of uh, 
I don't know if Joe's mom is here, but one of uh, Joe's teachers through his mother, uh, A.J. Heschel, of Rami Shua Heschel, where he um, sort of proves that the Rambam was engaging in some of this sort of mystical uh, activity that would lead him to, to, to actually become a Baal Ruach HaKodesh. Again, I, I spoke to the, the great professor in Kabbalah, Moshe Idel, about this. And um, because he was working on translating that article, that Heschel, because Susanna Heschel, I think, is his daughter, I think so, uh, wanted that article. It was published, I think, in 1950 or something like that, 1950-something. And Susanna Heschel wanted it uh, published. And I think, uh, yeah, so I think that uh, there there is some veracity to it. I, I happen to think it's sort of like fantastic speculation. Uh, that's what I would say. Um, so I, I don't, so to answer your question, Jack, I say, no, there are others that say perhaps he did. And what he's writing here is really just for the Hamon. Anyway, so now the Ramam gets into something which we've talked about and let's deal with it a little bit more, which is basically a person can live his life uh, that all the actions that he does is to know God. Everything you do is really on a journey of knowledge of God. Now, I just said before, to become a mystic, to, to, to have an ecstatic experience, that's not what the Rambam here is talking about directly. It might eventually get there, in the, in, according to these theorists about the Rambam. What the Rambam here is talking about is being a good thinker. The Rambam here is talking about, and being a good thinker is also being in a state of amazement, in a state of progressive intellectualism that's what your purpose should be you know what all the actions you do are supposed to do that's what all external actions including eating which is what we're going to speak about is meant to lead to the knowledge of god and that's what he says um it doesn't make a difference when you are uh, at rest, when you are standing up, when you're speaking. It all is primed for this thing. Now, how could that be? How I mean, how could a person not, you know, be? You know, he's living in this world. He's uh, it, it was, everyone can be a luftmensch. So the Rambam now is going to explain how that's possible, and it does sound somewhat similar to a Ramban that we did a number of months ago. But here, let's take a look. Kate. When you're involved in business and you're doing the books or you've got a good idea, you're an entrepreneur and you're going to be making money. Good for you. But it's not just about making the money. The reason why you want to make the money, you came up with this great idea. You're making money because your body, as a as as this type of finite, needy sack that your your mind and soul inhabit, needs things to exist. For example, it needs to eat and drink. It needs a home. It needs the physical comfort of a woman. So basically, you're making the money in order for your body to not be disruptive to you. Because your body needs to be taken care of. Similarly, when you eat, 
and drink, engage in sexual activity as well. He says, don't think that I'm doing this uh, I, I underlined Bilvad here. Um, of course, there's, 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 there is a, uh, the Ramam understood that you can't kill the desire gene. There definitely is some desire. You definitely feel better. You definitely feel satisfied. But that can't be where it ends. Because if that's where it ends, it becomes an illogical type of eating. It becomes an eating that's animalistic. You only eat or drink. You're only going to eat and drink something that actually gives you that buzz, that endorphin releasing experience, or wherever it is that it's released from your taste buds into your brain. That's all you're looking for. And similarly, you only engage in sexual activity in order to get the the pleasure of sexual activity. No. Obviously, he says, what eating and drinking needs to be, just like making money, has to be, my body needs to be healthy. You need to mentally tell yourself that. Yasim Alibo, think that idea, make it real in your mind, connect it to your feelings, and then when you go out to drink, you're supposed to be thinking, I'm doing this for my body. I'm doing this to be healthy. And if you have that in your mind, so you're not going to just eat everything that tastes good. Then you'd be like the Kelev and the Chamor, right? These animals, uh, the dog and the donkey, all eaters. And I can tell you having a dog, yes, <laughs> that's what the dog, right? The dog will eat the stuff that's very bad for it. My daughter um, uh, tells me that Many, many dogs are in the emergency room uh, because they have been fed or they jump out and eat stuff, which is bad for them. But that's the way they are. They can only they have a, they have their brains are centered completely on the desire for what tastes good, what they like to eat. But we aren't that way. We use our brains to eat things. We know what things are good for you. Sometimes they're bitter. Sometimes they're sweet, but don't eat things that are great, but they are bad for you. So if you have an intellectual perspective and understand that you're supposed to be healthy, then you won't eat that. Um, now, he hasn't yet, you can see in a minute, as he, he's going to develop it even further. Um, okay. Okay. Um, and if I, 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 well, we'll see. Okay, so now here comes a little bit of medicine from the Rambam. Um, okay. If you are hot, if you're feeling, I guess, a, a temperature, or you're sort of like in generally, like a, a, I know they would say hot-blooded, I'm not sure exactly what this means, so you're the person, you should not eat meat or honey or drink wine. Um, like Shlomo Melech says, because honey and wine is not good for someone of such a metabolism. Now, if you're that way, that you're cham, you should drink meha ocean. So this is like um, endive water. Yes, endives dipped in water, that's what you should drink. That's pretty bitter. 
but Nimza Shu Ocha Vishosa Derach Rafua Bilvad. So basically, you eat in a medical sense. You eat Kadesha Yavri in order for you to be continue to be stay healthy. Now, because obviously you can't live unless you eat or drink. So eating or drinking is a way of recognizing it to be healthy and to keep your body healthy. Now, that's called living a, ref- a life of refua. Eating alpi refua. You could say the way a doctor would tell you. I don't know if that's the translation that I would say here. A person who promotes his life based on healthy and a healthy attitude and a a healthy understanding of what his purpose is. If basically he feels and understands, you know, every single limb and part of my body has to be strong and working well. And of course, when it comes to sexual activity, the point is, I need children. So let me say it better. If a person is only a health fanatic, he's Jack LaLanne, he is Simmons, Richard Simmons, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if he's a health fanatic or not. I think Arnold probably took a lot of bad stuff when he was getting his muscles the way they were. Now let's assume that you're like Jack or you're like any of the other great health people, okay? He says that's not enough. If that's all it is, I want my body to be the strongest it can be, healthiest can be. And my idea of, of having children is I need children because I am a family man and I've got a farm and I need them to be strong to help me. Aim zu tova. Now it's not raw. You're not the hedonist. You're not the idiot who's just eating everything that's wrong. You're also not the crazy Christian priest who's ruining his body. But you're still not where you should be in terms of your purpose of eating. What you need to think now is you need a second layer. Yes, I got to be strong. I can't be sick. Because the only way your mind will be straight to get to know God, to somehow recognize the beauty of the spheres, to recognize physics and metaphysics, to understand mathematics, to understand the way the world works, to understand the way things are interconnected, to see God behind everything, to see the principle, to understand the abstract idea, to get to really know God in every way beyond the own, your own limitations of your 70-odd years in this world, but really seeing things in a universal philosophical way. The only way that happens, you can't really become a thinker if you're sick or one of your limbs is in pain. So that's why you need to eat well, because it's only the mach- when the machine is strong and healthy, the brain can work. 
the idea that somehow with and this got, this is really the um, one of the other uh, uh, um, slaps in the face towards the Christian way, or maybe even what Jack was saying in terms of the asceticism of of, of some of the Hasidic Ashkenaz was the brain cannot be at its best unless it's calm, unless it's strong, right? In fact, we talked about the Rambam's principle of Yimosa Mashiach is also based on the fact that everything is settled. You're able now to think. You're able to come to the great human potential that the world can afford you. There's nothing great about suffering. There's nothing great about being hungry. There's nothing great about being in pain. None of that stuff helps. A body that is in some way weak because of the way it wasn't taken care of. If somehow a person did not deal with his eating and drinking properly, and therefore, because of that, he was weak and not and groggy, so he will not be a thinker and he will not be an, a, a person who will be an actualized soul. And many people should think about this, perhaps. I just threw this in because it's a very telling phrase from the Rambam. And when you do engage in sexual activity in order to have children, it isn't so, oh, now I've got a son who can, I can now have, uh, he can join me in business. No, maybe that being, if you uh, do things right for him, maybe he's going to be a chacham, the God will be his role. That's what you want out of a son. Yes, that's what the Rambam says, the great rationalist. Sorry, uh, um, Natan Slifkin. That is what the Rambam says. <laughs> we, the, the, every person, not talking about people in B'nai Brak. The reason why ultimately you have children is because you want them to be chachamim. You want them to be gedolim. That's what you want from them. Now, therefore, hamahalech bederach zu kol if someone eats this way his whole life, then he's always serving God. He's even as Hashem Tamid. Not because, like the Ramban says, that he's somehow bifurcating his brain <laughs> and his mind is somehow, you know, Davik Hashem while he's eating and drinking and doing stuff in business. According to the Rambam, a person, you know, at least he does not put that straight on the table here in Mishnah Torah this idea of how I'm somehow operating on two levels. It's all one level. You're, you're serving God. Now, yes, you've got a business. You're an entrepreneur. You came up with an idea to make money. You go into business. Uh, and, and, and you're very, you're not aggressive, but you're very smart about it. And the, and the money starts rolling in. You've read the stock market correctly. You know what, what, what is needed. You're no savinote. But you never lose sight there's something behind you saying, I need this money in order to be healthy. I need this money in order to support my family. I need this money for the body to be able to do my thinking. Even while you're engaged in sexual activity itself. And it's not the way the, the Kabbalists talk about. The Rivad, for example, wrote a whole book about how when one engages in sexual activity, the, the holy thoughts one has to have, the idea of imitatio dei, right? The idea that you are creating along with God at this point, right? And, and, and the, the later Mukubal, talking about, thinking about the Shechina and thinking about, no, 
basically, um, you are having sex in order to have a child. You're pleasuring your wife, but your purpose is, if we have a child, I already, even from this moment, want that child to become something great. So therefore, everything I do is for my body to be sholem, so therefore, everything is a means to an end. So I'm really being Oved Hashem constantly. That is the picture the Rambam writes here for you. And you don't have to be a mystic or a makubal in any way as far as that goes. Uh, Richard asks that there we, we have, we, we have um, uh, examples of many people whose bodies were not show him in any way and yet achieved incredible things intellectually. Uh, you mentioned Stephen Hawking. Um, what I would say um, here um, is either the Raman would say, imagine what Stephen Hawking would have been had he not had to deal with intense pain. And I, I'm not sure, was Stephen Hawking, I guess, was he suffering in his state that he was in? I'm not sure what that illness he had was, what that it was like a Lou Gehrig's disease type of thing. Is that what it was? Yeah, ALS. Yes, that's right. That's correct. It was ALS, right? Yeah. So um, I, I guess ALS is pretty painful. I don't know. I, I, I suppose it is. You never get the sense of Stephen Hawking being in great pain. I don't know. But, uh, but Richard raises a good point. The Rambams, there are exceptions to this principle. Look, um, you know, the Rambam is, is, is an idealist here. Um, I, I believe, really, there's probably many, many exceptions to this, what he is uh, writing about here in Hilchos Deus. Uh, I, this, this might even, you know, again, we might even have had greater, greater mystics who were sufferers and their bodies were covered with sores and they were, they were emaciated. But in the Rambam's book, all of that, is illogical, and if it did happen, it was a, it was an exception that 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 proves the rule. Because the rule is this is what needs to be done, um, and of course, uh, you know the Rambam says in terms of sleeping, you need to sleep in order that your body shouldn't be sick, because if you don't sleep enough, right, um, you're going to be sick. So therefore, sleeping the eight hours the Rambam says you should sleep is service to God. And that's what we mean, call myself a Yilushem Shemayim. Now, including eating, drinking, and sleeping, sexual relations, etc. Now, here comes the medical part of the Rambam's, um, specifically, his, his diet based on his medical knowledge. So he says, having your body healthy is midarke Hashemu. That's the derech Hashem. Derech Hashem is your body to be healthy in order for your brain and mind to conceive and understand and do the hard thinking, philosophical and metaphysical, metaphysics and physics that's necessary to achieve greatness in learning as well. Obviously in Torah as well. It's all part of the same thing according to the Rambam. Once again, you cannot really understand and come to true knowledge if you are ill. Just can't happen. Because, because the nerve centers, the brain, however the Rambam understood what was going on, 
the Rambam says it's taking away from you the pain centers and everything else. You can't just rise above them and just be way above things and like you're not even feeling that pain. You're just on a, on the supernatural level. Either the Rambam is not talking about that or he didn't even believe in it at all. So So you need to work so hard to stay away from things that can be cause your body to lose its strength, to somehow become weaker, to become ill. And you need to engage in activity that is healthy. So the purpose of healthy activity is to be the philosopher. It's not just, I need a healthy body because that's a gift that God gave you and you're supposed to live long and the greatest gift you have is life and the main thing is to stay alive. You do hear Jews saying that all the time. Remember, if you don't have your health, you got to have your health. That's not what the Rambam says. The Rambam is definitely into having your health, but he makes clear that it's all part of deus. It's part of thinking the right things and knowing the right things. Okay, so here it comes. Eating. Don't eat when you're excessively hungry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, only eat when you're excessively hungry. Eat when you really feel hunger. When it comes to drinking, you have to have a thirst. Now, when you eat, now, a normal person, do not eat Till the till you feel the your body is full, do not eat that way. Basically, the Rambam says now you got to know yourself. You have to taste yourself that it's about three quarters full. Revi mi sovato. Now there is going to be an exception. We're going to talk about that exception. That exception, by the way, is coming up about Pesach and Corbonos in general. But if it's not Pesach and it's not Korbanos or the Korban Pesach, you should not eat and fill yourself. You should go to about the three-quarter point. And I guess all of us sort of know this, like in dieting, if you if you do go on a diet. Where are you? Okay, I'm not going to push here. About uh, 75%. Could you eat more? Yes, yes, but I'm stopping now. I could probably eat a quarter more. I'm not going to. The Rambam is against water drinking. He says that water drinking uh, should not happen during the meal. And this goes against a lot of common ideas about make sure you have water. There should be just a small amount of water. And it should be the water that, that you get in terms of how it is um, uh, deconcentrating your wine. Um, now, after you finish eating and you can feel the food starting to break down in, in your in your kishkas, so to speak, in your intestines, then you can drink, but not during the meal, not when the food is going down. After the food has stopped going down, that's when you begin to drink. Show some ashut Now, even then, not a lot. Drink exactly what you need. Do not gulp down a whole bunch of cups of water. Right. Um, so I don't know what the Rambam's, why the Rambam was against drinking as much as he was. He seems like he does not think it's healthy. Now, 
Um, similarly, before you eat, you need to, um, don't get obsessive about it, but the Ramam does say the word, yoffe, yoffe. You should make sure that you don't need to use the bathroom. In other words, you should take care of your bathroom needs before you eat. And you don't want to be eating at the same time, feeling that you need to go out and use the bathroom. That, that should not happen. So what you should do is, is, is have that in mind. Okay. I know many of my friends listening here are going to appreciate this a lot, the next halacha, the Rambam. In terms of your first meal of the day, um, don't have it until you have some sort of walk. And what is that walking supposed to do? So take a very decent walk that gets your body hot, so to speak. Gets those, uh, I'm not sure what the proper term for it is, but gets the... Uh, Gets the body going, gets the metabolism going, gets the, you know, and get, right? And you sort of feel that there's like a, you know, a, a heat that's rising in your body. Or if you don't want to walk, do other types of work, right? Go out and, you know, uh, bale the hay. Go out and, you know, put the bricks that you needed to do and, and put them on a row. Or some sort of exercise. Create an artificial exercise. But before you have breakfast, before you eat, your body should have already engaged in some sort of activity. It's almost like inui. Like you got to push it to a certain limit. And it should reach to the point that via you sort of feel tired a little bit. You feel like you've pushed it, right? It's not, oh, 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 I'm going to walk around the block. No, you're going to take a, you know, you're going to go for a couple of miles, right? You're going to go out there and really do that run. And you're really going to feel that your body is, in a way, like get tired out. You should do that b'chol yom baboker. Until you actually feel there's something changed. Like you really feel the energy, you feel the heat. Now, I don't know. Again, there's some of you I know out there that do uh, six, seven miles, eight miles, maybe every day, every morning. I don't know. And the Rambam says that you got to reach your point where you're sort of tired, you've pushed yourself, but then don't eat yet. The yishkot ma'at. Then what you're supposed to do is, okay, settle, settle, settle. Because remember, your mental ideas while you're eating are important. I'm eating to be healthy. I'm eating in order to eventually get my body strong to become this philosophical thinker. I mean, somehow you've, you can't just be exhausted. To, oh, I just need to eat. You need to stop, rest, get your nefesh back the way it is, get your brain and nefesh back, then you eat. Um, the Rambam says a, a good idea is after you've reached this is to perhaps shower, uh, get hot water on your body. That's also good. Of course, after the shower, don't just run to the breakfast table, wait a little bit, and then you should eat. 
So this, the Rambam says, is the healthy way one should eat. Um, and I think a lot of this, I don't believe, has been debunked. I think this is, I, I would assume, although I think people, some people say that before you get engaged in a lot of physical exercise, uh, you need to have some sort of like sugar, something in your system, some sort of nutrition in your system. I'm not sure if the Rama means you have to be fasting specifically. He sounds like it. He sounds like you should not eat uh, anything. But perhaps we could still fulfill the Raman by just having a small amount of something in your body that you don't that you don't faint. But you really don't need too much before you do your morning exercise. Okay. Um, one thing the Raman says also is when you eat, take it easy, take your time, sit. You could lean on your left. But definitely don't grab a food while you're walking. Don't be eating on while you're riding. Um, basically, you did your exercise before. Now's not the time, like immediately right after you consume it. Okay, now start running again. No, no. What you do is you allow the food to be processed properly. Do not start uh, exercise. You do not start moving around. Don't start walking right the, right after you finish eating. In fact, the Rambam says that if if you go out the minute you finish eating, um, or you do exercises as soon as you finish eating, that's bad. The Rambam feels that that is a recipe for disease. Um. In terms of what you should eat, how you should eat, the Raman was a big believer, as we're going to see later, of keeping your bowels um, loose. <laughs> um, in other words, he says you should actually, um, and that's what you should eat. The Raman was a big believer in grapes and figs and berries and peaches um, I mean, it's usually translated as watermelon, but I'm not sure if that's what the Rambam, I'm not sure if that's really the best translation here on the Rambam. And what he also believed was a very good drink before you really start to eat your meal is cucumber water. Uh, like, like cucumbers, the water that's, that, 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 that is derived from cucumbers soaked in water. Uh, and cucumbers have natural water anyway, as you know. So he says, eat them before you eat. Um, don't make it part of the meal. Basically, eat that, and that sort of will have a, a good effect. Then have your major meal. Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, confused because didn't you say earlier, I, I'm sure there's a way to resolve this, but you said earlier he didn't want people to to drink so much with their meal. So, and then he said that you're supposed to wait uh, until after the digestion uh, kicks in to have the liquid. So what what is this liquid that he's, I mean, I understand you just said cucumber water. Right, right. This I think- but what, what, what is he saying? Like, first you should have something to drink 
then you eat, and then you should have something else to drink? Is that okay, what so I think what he means is like this, Bob. After you've done, after your body is in the best state for eating, which is after that exercise that we talked about, don't just start, okay, where's the uh, pancakes and syrup? No, that, that's not the way it has to start. The way it has to start, according to the Rambam, is with specialty foods that have an effect on your bowels, okay? Um, and then you have whatever it is that you're supposed whatever you have for your main uh, lunch course or brunch course. The drinking, as we said, if you need it, should be done, you're right, at that point. That's when the water goes in. Before you eat, he talks about, again, I, I saw this, this eye in here is a little bit problematic to me. I thought it was, I thought it was water. I thought it was cucumber, oh, the water of cucumbers. I think with this translation, with this, it might be the insides of the cucumbers, it might be the seeds when he says me'e. So I, I thought originally it was, I think there are some that don't have the iron. And I think what we talk about is cucumbers and other sorts of pickle, whatever, malafonote, they're also a type of cucumber um, that is soaked in water. And you, you, you eat them, absorb them, Bob, before you eat in order for the effect that it's going to have on your you know, eventual digestion and ability to, uh, to, to, for your body to function great. It, it, you know, would that mean, like, for example, he's suggesting that you have uh, fruits or vegetables that have a lot of liquid in them, right. but not drink water separately? Is that what it is? Yes, that is true. Right. Right. Okay. He's not talking about he's not talking about just drinking, drinking water. Again, before Bob, he talked about drinking water during the meal. It's possible that that water before the meal would be okay. He doesn't mention it as one of the uh, products. I think we have we know today that water is good for you to have before your meal. Like I said, uh, the Rambam did not know that. Um, the Rambam felt that um, if a person um, now it, it's it's interesting. The Rambam sort of has a yin and a yang. On one hand, he talks about before you eat to eat grapes and and figs um to sort of like but then he also talks about the idea of of not allowing your your benemaim to become so loose that you become it's like a diuretic so he says that um you that is like pomegranates and pears and apples this Crustmalian, the type of pear, you eat them right after your main meal, but don't eat a lot of them. So that's, you have the yin and the yang. That stuff will sort of like, you know, keep your system that it won't just go, won't be shot. Now, um, generally when the Rambam talks about the main course now, so we talked about meat. So you might have chicken, you might have uh, steak, um, start, the Ramam always says, with the lighter food. If it's eggs and chicken, start with eggs. Uh, if, it's to, if it's goat meat and uh, cow meat, start with the goat. 
always go, when it comes to eating, go with the type of food that is easier on the person and then go to the food that is a little, what we call a, a, a richer type of food. Generally, the Rambam says uh, in the summertime, eat cold food. Eat food that is called food that's cold. Also, don't overspice your food. Don't spice your, don't overspice your food in the summer. A little bit of vinegar is good. In the winter, you want more warm food. So I guess it's cold cereal in the summer and cream of wheat in the winter. Also, the Raman felt you should have more spices in the winter, a little bit of mustard, chaltit. It's a little bit, we're not sure what that is, another type of spice. Now, the Rambam then says, that's the way you should act in, in the planet. When there are places that are colder, you're living up in Norway, you're living up in uh, Saskatchewan, you're living up in the Northern Territories. So your meals should generally be warmer. If you live in the tropics, you should have the type of meals that a person who, who has the seasons in other words, if you live in, in New York, Chicago, whatever it is that has the seasons, follow this. But if you're in a place that's generally colder or generally uh, warmer, then adjust. Now, again, this is a sort of a primitive. Uh, I know we have a couple of doctors here. It's a primitive sense of things of the body, you know, you know when it's cold, use warmth. When it's warmth, use cold. But I think what's important here, the Rambam is, is interesting in the fact that he says every um, geographical um, area has a diet that's best for it. And I think that there has been dietitians and sociologists that have shown that, that we aren't necessarily ready for this globalization of food, that a lot of the, the foods that come to us from you know, South America and other places with a different climate don't always agree with us. Because foods develop, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, uh, a, like a Darwinian uh, type of idea that, you know, the foods develop in order to be successful in the places where the people are. And, and therefore, there's a symbiotic relationship between the types of spices and peppers and stuff that grow and the people that are there in that area. And it doesn't necessarily jive with people, uh, you know, from a different climate. And I think they've shown that there's been an increase of, of, of allergies and other things by the introduction of these foods, you know, from all over the world that we weren't, your body type and from where you come from wasn't necessarily used to. Again, Israel is a classic example of that where you have, you know, these white as snow Ashkenazim, you know, eating all these Arabic type of foods. Um, again, the Rambam, I think, here is, is a proof that each place has the foods that is for it. Um, the Rambam here talks about foods that you should never eat. Um, and, you know, he talks about, you know, big, giant, uh, you know, again, go to a bris, <laughs> the big giant salty fish, right? Never eat that. Um, the cheese that's, I guess, gargano or whatever type of cheese that's old and salty, 
and 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 truffles um um you know uh, if you have a food that's already starting to go bad, you can sort of smell. It's not yet rotten, but it's already gotten to the point. I mean, the French have a whole thing here, right? There's, uh, you guys, I'm sure, aware of it, that there's food that, you know, it's just on the tip of going bad. Like, there's a certain taste that it has. Um, if the smell is off, that's like poison, the Rambam says. This... Halacha here, I thought, was interesting and a big chiddush. He says there's other foods that you shouldn't be eating. They're not as bad as the first, but just eat a small amount. And if you do eat them, there should be a big distance of days between the next time you eat it. It should be like three or four weeks till you eat it again. And that definitely should not become what your uh, normal meals are from. For example... Not the salty fish, but a bigger fish. Now, I know tunas are pretty big. I'm pretty sure tuna is a, is, is a pretty big fish. Because I know that the dolphins and the tuna get mixed, missed up with each other. Yeah, so, really big. Right. So I, I think he's, he, is, he, is, he feels that tuna is not a good fish to be eating. Um, now, with pasteurization, with advancements in how we deal with dairy products... Perhaps this isn't so relevant, but the Raman felt that if you have milk or cheese, that it's been 24 hours since the, it was milked, that already is, is going bad. And again, again, with pasteurization, it could stay for, I guess, three weeks or whatever it is. But before pasteurization, you really needed the milk to be fresh. He also talks about like steers, like big oxen, right? In Texas, that's what they love. Um, and even beans and, and lentils and, and um, barley bread. And look at this. I emphasized it. Matzah. Matzah is bad to eat. The Rambam feels that matzah, which is this great mitzvah for us to eat, the Rambam says they are bad. And if you're going to have them, don't eat a lot of them. And matzah gets in that list. So does cabbage, right? And um, and onions and garlic, chatzir, which is also a type of leek, right? Um, mustard, radishes, kol elu macholus royim. And these these are bad foods. They're not mur- they're not poison. And he says you should only eat a small small amount ad maod. And you know when you should eat them. If you do eat them because they have like a bimosak shaman, eat them when you need a little bit of heat, a little bit of a little bit of spice. But if it's not bimosak shaman, lo yochum and klal. So Kivalevich now says, "Wow, we're eating according to the Rambam. We're eating matzah in the spring when we shouldn't be eating it. Right? From a health perspective, we should not be eating matzah." As I state in Rambam. And I figured everybody would be talking about this Rambam. I found one one parsha, and I couldn't find uh, that was referenced on this. That that says, yeah, that's why it's a lechem oni, right? Only because because had it not been only the oni would eat it because he was forced to eat it, but a person who had his druthers wouldn't be eating matzah. But again, you know, again, especially the, we're going to talk about whether the Rambam 
uh, agrees with the Vilna Gaon and others that said that you have a kiyum of eating matzah, a mitzvah to eat it the whole time of Pesach. But here the Rambam in Ilchaz Deos is on record that matzah joins the rest of these foods that are really unhealthy and should not be eaten and are counter to a, a healthy body and a healthy mind and a healthy soul. Um, when it when it comes to lentils and beans in a separate dish, I guess a mix is okay. A two-bean salad is all right. But don't have them bilvad. And don't even have them in the wintertime. And even the great watermelon and other types of gourds, I guess, I don't know if a gluin is not watermelon, but other types of gourds, just to eat a little bit during the summer. Then the Ramam has a third level. There are foods that are definitely bad, but not as bad as these. And that's ofamayim. Duck, pheasant, pigeons, dates, lechem koli b'shemen, lechem nilash b'shemen. Okay, so this is, you know, um, bread that is roasted in, 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 in oil, um, or that Again, like the like the menachos, lechem shenilosh b'shemen, or soles, which is uh, also eaten by the kohanim. Sir and murius, I understand those are like fish extract, but he says don't eat a lot of that stuff. In fact, if you're a chacham, lo yimosha chacher tayvosa leyocham mikol aniskarim klum. If you're a chacham. Not necessarily a Talmud Chacham, but if you really want to and you can really develop, you shouldn't even, you shouldn't eat anything in the last things that I mentioned, even the last one. Don't eat those at all. Only if you need it for refua. And if that's the way you are, you're a gibor. Talk about Tubishvat. The Rambam says a person should not eat fruits from the trees. Don't have a tubishvat seder. Well, yarbim again, Even dried fruit, which is everybody eats on tubishvat. No, don't. And you definitely shouldn't have them if they're fresh. What they can do to you. Now, Rabbi Kibbelevitz, what about you? You said earlier that before your well, meeting, he's going to men- he's, he's going to mention those in a minute. He's going to mention uh, um, uh, figs in a minute. Figs and grapes, the only ones he likes. But he's but here he's talking peaches, peaches, peaches. right? So, peaches as well, right? Agas, but only a little bit. But but he says definitely unripe stuff. That's like that's like killers. And everybody, you know, on Tubishvat, they eat the buxer. Ah, terrible buxer, karuvim. No, carobs. No, no, no. Simon Ben Yocha. Yeah, <laughs> bad forever. Now, quince. And all these other sour stuff? No, that's bad. Just a little bit in the summer and when it's really hot. Ah, here are the best fruits. Figs, grapes, almonds. Yeah, those are always good. Yeah. But you can eat as much as you want, but you know what? Don't don't be, don't make it a tremendous habit. But they are the best. Um the Rambam, uh, <laughs> okay. The Rambam basically says that uh, that uh, wine bad for kids. Honey is bad for kids, and I think uh, uh, Stuart. I don't know if he's still here, but I think that uh, 
uh, pediatricians will uh, know that uh, this is bad stuff. I think that they have shown that you're not supposed to give honey and other. Yeah, the spores can carry uh, clostridia, which is uh, causes lockjaw and other other diseases. So you're right. right. The Rambam was on. He was on the mark on this. Don't give honey to kids. Um, what was it again, Stuart? Let's get a, what was it called? It was called uh, clostridia. Clostridia. Wow. And um, but it's good for old people, uh, especially uh, when they're cold in the in the, in the winter. Uh, warm them up a little bit. Um, basically, every one of us should be eating three quarters before we get full. And in generally, uh, when it gets to be the warm time, we should be eating two thirds of what we ate during the winter. In other words, in the winter, the Rambam is more for filling up a little bit more, but it should be two-thirds. You should eat a third less during the summer than you do during the winter. Um, and again, here's what the Rambam says. A person should try to reach a level where he is uh, basically got his, um, uh, he's, like he said, karav l'shil ma'at. He's close to uh, diarrhea. Um Basically, uh, if if you're in a situation where it's difficult to to expunge the fecal material, um, it doesn't seem to be going out, then that's a sign of a lot of disease to come. Um, the Ramam gives you a bunch of ways to cure that. We can skip that for a second. Um, I just want to read one more thing here. Uh, another thing the Rambam says that he seems to have picked up from uh, the medicine of his time, once again, if you exercise, you work out, um, and you don't eat to becoming full, and you make sure that uh, you know, you're able to, you, you don't get constipation, that you're, you're, you're able to use the bathroom in a, a pretty constant way, you're not going to become sick, and you're going to get stronger. Now, um, one last thing here. Most illnesses that a person gets, it's because of bad eating. Um, either because he ate too much, um, from, even from good food. And that's what Shomer Melech said. Shomer Piv was Shono. Shomer Mitzaras Nafsho. Um, the Rambam says here, this I found very interesting. If you follow the things I've directed you, look at this language here. Look at the guts it took for the Rambam to write this. I guarantee, I guarantee, the Rambam guarantees personally. If you follow, I mean, this mamish sounds like like a salesman, if you follow what I write here, you will not become ill. You're going to get reach a nice old age, and you'll die. But you will not need a doctor, and your body will be strong, unless caveat: you were born with some congenital problem, or you started before you went on my diet. Uh, you know, you started doing this very bad stuff to your body from the time you were very young, or if you were in a place 
that was hit by um, a plague or some sort of extreme famine, then I can't guarantee it. But um, obviously this is meant for people that are healthy. If you're already ill, then the Rambam says, um, okay, uh, let's just finish off the Rambam here. The Rambam says that um, if you're ill, um, so obviously, based on your illness, the Rambam says, you're going to have a different type of diet of what you need. And you need to look in the medical journals and the medical books, which the Rambam contributed to. And the Rambam here says those are going to be important to you once you are a person that is classified as someone who is ill. And then you're going to need something different. Um, and therefore, this does not apply to you, what I'm writing here. Um, however, if you do not have a doctor, if you have a doctor, fine. But if you're in a place without a doctor, then use my book. Then this book should be what you, your Bible. This is what you should hold on to. Why? Because if you follow everything I write here, it will turn out to be good for you in this way. Now, we've already gone over, so I want to uh, put a, a period on this. Now, again, the Rambam here is, like, like all things, an amazing mix of prescience, common sense, things that are still true. But on the other hand, a, a sort of um, uh, a medieval, obviously a very medieval understanding of what things are, and also his 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 incredible confidence in guaranteeing this. Um, and uh, you know, again, he 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 elevates it by telling you it's all about being Oivet Hashem, um, and 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 he definitely would demand someone to really be careful, and if there's somebody. In fact, you know, I, I said I was going to stop, but I just want to read to you the Rambam's very negative statement about certain types of scholars. I just want to read this to you. Um, the Rambam speaks about a Talmud Chacham. He says he should definitely not be gluttonous. And he obviously, Talmud Chacham has to live this way. Um, the Talmud Chacham in no way should be after filling his belly, the Rambam seems to have noted that there were scholars that he knew that, I don't know if he was fat shaming them, but he was telling you, look at them. They, their, their bellies are fat. Like, what's going on with them? That isn't, that, that's, that can't be a Talmud Chacham. And, um, and, and, and even though they were learned, the Rambam felt that that this was terrible, and he was very much against it. Um, so if he saw a Talmud Chacham that was obese, the Rambam would question. You know, first of all, he's probably not able to be the Chacham he can, but he he felt the person was really running counter, um, you know, to to what it means. So. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 